Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. I want to join with JT and welcome you to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. Hope you've had a good week. And uh, one thing that uh, we wanted to make mention, we've got the Next Step class, a membership class right after this service. It's in our conference center if you're interested uh, in taking your next step here at the creek. You know, I like to start with something funny. I heard about this guy that used to like to ride his moped uh, to work every day. And so he was riding his moped and he, he was at a traffic light. And when he was there sitting on his moped at the traffic light, a beautiful red Corvette drove up. Man, he was enamored with this Corvette. And he was looking at it. The guy rolled down the window and said, hey, uh, you want to look inside? And so he peered over and he couldn't believe the leather seats and the, and the dashboard and the and nav system. Everything, the technology was incredible. Then all of a sudden, the light changed. The guy pushed him out, shut the door, and he took off. This Corvette was going down the road fast. He looked to the left and he saw the moped come up beside him and went past him. And then hit the, uh, then stopped and then came back toward him and crashed right beside the, the Corvette. The guy said, hey man, are you okay? He said, well, I, I think so. He says, is there anything I can do to help you? He said, yeah, you can open the door and, and let go of my suspenders. <laughs> when you give me better jokes, I will tell them. Well, today we're concluding our series called Beyond Bless, and um, I want you as an, a church and as an individual, a family, I want you to receive the blessings of God. I want the blessings of God on you, on your family, on your relationships, on your finances, on your health. I want to see the blessings of God in every area of your life. You know, uh, we start off by talking about what is the blessing. Well, the blessing of God is the word actually means the favor of the Lord. It's when God's goodness and God's uh, favor rests upon you. His protection covers you. And I believe also his provision is evident in your life. In the first week, we, we learned that the blessings of God are not automatic. Uh, but we have to do our part to set ourselves up underneath his covering. And so we do our part. We see this in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 17. And it says these words. It says, may the favor of the Lord, that is the blessing of the Lord. May the favor of the Lord, um, our God, rest on us. Notice this. Establish the work of our hands. Let the favor of the Lord rest on it, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we see that we have a part to play in this process. He said, establish the work of our hands. Oftentimes in scripture, we'll see the concepts introduced and then we'll see illustrations to explain the concept. When we think about the blessing of God, oftentimes in scripture, he uses the concept of, of seeds and harvest and rain and so forth to talk about God's blessing. And mainly they use those concepts because he was speaking throughout the Bible it was written for a group of people that was very familiar with farming and agriculture. 
And so they would use illustrations to kind of explain it because that's exactly where they live. They knew that, uh, that the harvest begins with planting seeds. That if you're going to have this harvest of blessing, you, it starts with planting seeds. The farmer did their part. But then God would do his part and add rain to it. And together they would enjoy the harvest. In the same way that we have to do our part. We oftentimes have to roll up our sleeves and we have to go to work. And then God takes what we do and he anoints that and blesses it. He takes what we have and he multiplies it. That's what it means to have the blessings of God. And we understand our personal harvest begins with planting seeds or sowing seeds. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Here's how that works. Whatever you sow, whatever kind of seeds you plant, that's what you're going to get back. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to give back. What you give, that's what you're going to get. It always comes back to you. If you give anger, and then you're probably going to get back envy and mistrust. That's what you're going to get back. If you give kindness, then you're going to receive back in your life love and joy. And so when we think about this, uh, we see the importance of planting seeds because we know that these seeds will, will determine our future. I want to give you a quick review of a message I preached some time ago, a couple of years ago, but it's important when it comes to thinking about faith as it results to uh, farming. So there's five lessons, faith lessons that we can learn from a farmer. And I'll go through these pretty quickly. First of all, we know that nothing grows until a seed is planted. Everything starts with a seed. Every life, every dream, every idea, every achievement, every nation started as a, an idea. It started as a seed. Now, what is a seed? A seed is anything uh, valuable that's... Um, Anything the value is anything that I give away in order uh, to get something back. So we have to ask ourselves if we are seed planters, if we're planting seeds, what kind of seeds are we planting? Because nothing happens in your life until a seed is planted. Some of you have ideas about what your future is going to look like. Those ideas of seeds, I need you to plant those seeds in the ground because nothing's going to happen in your life until that seed is planted. Here's the second thing. I plant by faith and not by my feelings. Farming is hard work. When a farmer gets up in the morning, he may not feel like going out in the field and planting. But if a farmer only planted when he felt like he would never have a harvest. So a farmer's got to get out there, whether he feels like it or not, and he's got to go to work and he's got to plant the seed. The farmer always doesn't want to get up and do that, but he, he knows he's got to do that. In other words, he is going to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, he's going to plant feelings, uh, his seed by faith and not by his feelings. Okay, here's a third one, very quickly. When I have a need... I should plant a seed. When I have a need, I should plant a seed. When you have a need, you need to plant a seed. When a farmer looks at a barren crop, he doesn't complain. He doesn't gripe. He doesn't even pray. He starts planting. It's springtime, right? This is springtime in Augusta. It is time for you to start planting. 
If you're going to have beautiful flowers, it's time for you to start planting the flowers or at least going to Lowe's and buying somebody else has planted it. But you, you plant that seed in the ground, right? How about this? There are times when it is more important for you to plant than it is for you to pray. Some of you think you are waiting on God for something in your life when God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you to plant a seed because God's going to take what you have and he is going to bless it. Here's another lesson from the farmer. I will always reap in a different season than I sow. I will always reap in a different season. You're going to plant the seed, but you're not going to have overnight success. Some of you have seeds of of ideas in your mind. And you have, you've been dreaming about starting a business. And you want to become that business entrepreneur. Well, you're going to have to till the soil and you've got to plant the seed. But you've got to understand, you may not be an instant success. Because I will always reap in a different season than I sow. But here's the good thing. I will always reap more than I sow. You'll always reap more. Jesus taught that we'll reap 30, 60, or 100 fold uh, times as much as we've planted. And a farmer knows if he wants a, a crop, he has to sow the seed. It doesn't benefit him to hoard the seed. We're like farmers. We've got a bucket of seed. And so we've got to plant that seed. And here's the point. You get to choose the size of your harvest. You get to choose the size of your harvest. Okay, we're talking about the blessings of God. And oftentimes, God uses things like seed and rain and harvest to explain the blessings of God. And so you get to choose the size of your harvest or the size of your blessing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. Here's a word I want you to just think about today. This is going to be one of those words... Uh, that, that I'm going to come back to abundance, abundantly. God is able. That's, you need to understand that God is able to do this. You may not can do this on your own, but God is able. He's able to do what he is able to bless you. You, we're talking about individuals. God is able to bless you and not just with an ordinary blessing. God is able to bless you abundantly. Notice this so that in all things, in all things, at all times, having what? All that you need. All things, at all times, having all that you need. You will abound. Hear that. You will abound. You will move forward. You will move forward even Further and faster than you've imagined. You will abound in every good work. Now, God is able to do that. I want you to just receive that. Because you see, I believe that this is a word for our church. But not only that, but it's a word for you and your family that the time is now. You don't have to wait for a better season. You don't have to wait for a better opportunity. You don't have to say, well, when I get out of school, the blessings of God is going to come. Or when my kids grow up. Or when I get this new position. Or whatever that thing is, the time is now. Now is the time. Now, let me just say this. 
Last August, uh, Patty and I were in Houston at Lakewood Church, and we had a word spoken to us. And then later that week, uh, we were uh, in a restaurant in Atlanta, and then I was at a church service in um, Peachtree City. So three times in five days, I heard this. What is that? What did I hear? Somebody came up to me and said, I believe that the second harvest is coming and that the second harvest will be larger than the first harvest. And I've shared that with you several times. It's been a rallying cry here at the church that a harvest is coming, the second harvest, and it's going to be larger than the first harvest. Now, this word has been a source of encouragement for Patty and me. You know, it was out of the blue. We heard it in Houston. We heard it at a restaurant in Atlanta. We heard it at a church service in Peachtree City. Three times in five days, there's a second harvest coming. The the second harvest will be larger than the first harvest. And I'll say that we've received that as a word of encouragement to us personally and to the church. And we have needed that over the last nine months. We have, it is words like that that has kind of caused us to press through and uh, the difficulty and push back the darkness in this. I mean, even this past week, I, I sent a text to Patty and I said, you know, we're going to get through this. And one day we will look back at this season in our lives. This week, this past Monday, I sent this to her. We're going to look back at this season in our lives and we're going to see that God got us through this. And I want you to hear that too. That I believe that one day you will look back at this moment and you'll see how the hand of God turned things in your life. In your favor. That that harvest is coming. Well, two weeks ago, somebody came into my office and, uh, and I had never sat down with this person before. They said, Pastor, I just need to tell you something. I was praying and I felt like the prompt, I felt this prompting. They go tell Pastor Marty said, you've been praying that the second harvest is coming, but the Lord would say to you, the harvest is here. The harvest is here. Now, the Bible teaches us to weigh every word that we hear. Now, the, the next day after I heard that, I was just going through my, my Bible reading. I'm reading through the New Testament right now. Um, that The day before this person said this, I, was re- I read the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, on this particular day, I started 2 Corinthians. And have you ever been reading the Bible and then you have just words like leap off the page at you? Well, it was one of those days. It doesn't happen every day, but occasionally words just leap off the page. That happened when I hit chapter six of second Corinthians for he says in the time of my favor, I heard you and in the day of salvation, I helped you. Maybe that's God's word for you. I have heard you. And I have helped you. And I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And she said, the harvest is here. The time is now. As I thought about that um, and just mulled over, I started thinking about an Old Testament story in 1 Kings chapter 18. And that's where we're going to land for the rest of this message. 1 Kings chapter 18, the story of Elijah uh, on Mount Carmel. Now, we're talking about the blessings of God. In the Bible, God often uses the concept of seeds and rain and harvest to speak about his blessing, to help us step into a life of blessing. 
In 1 Kings 18, we see the story of the nation of Israel. And at this particular time in their history, they're being led by an evil king, a king named Ahab. Now, his uh, resume is quite uh, bleak. The Bible says that he did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any other king, that he considered um, committing sin just trivial and no big deal to him. He married outside of his faith. He married a a lady named Jezebel who really had a spirit of control. Um, He worshiped the pagan gods of Baal, or we call it Baal in the south, Baal and then Asherah. Uh, He worshiped those pagan gods. And the Bible says he did more to arouse the anger of the Lord than any of the previous kings up until this, this point. Now, practically, we see this evil king going down the wrong path. Practically, we know in leadership, at your work, in your home, in this community, the speed of the leader, the speed of the team. And so you should always be mindful of those individuals that you submit to. So when we talk about submission, submission is an invitation for somebody else to lead. And so when we submit to someone, their influence affects us. A leader's influence and actions set the tone for those people that follow him or her. So many of your leaders, your managers, your people of influence in this community, your leaders in your home, your leaders in the community. Um, and so what we see here is a leader's influence and action set the tone for the individuals to follow him. The people of Israel were being affected by the, uh, the actions and the decisions of King Ahab. As a result of this, They were living in rebellion. As a result of this rebellion, God brought judgment on the people. He withheld his blessings from their lives. He withheld his blessings from from the nation. So here's what happened. How did he do that? He said, it's not going to rain. So for three and a half years, it did not rain. There was a drought for three and a half years. In other words, they planted their seeds... But they didn't have any rain and they did not see a harvest. For three and a half years, they lived under this. Elijah went to King Ahab and said, you need to change your ways. You need to, you need to change the direction. And, and he just ignored it. He pushed uh, Elijah away. And he continued to do this to the point where Ahab and his wife uh, Jezebel, they were irritated with this prophet. Who does he think he is? To the point where Jezebel said, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to have him murdered. So uh, Elijah was being very careful about uh, where he went because he knew that there had been a death threat on his life. And so this resulted in this three and a half year drought. Ahab was setting the tone, the speed of the leader, the speed of the team. And in this case, Ahab was a negative influence on the nation. So here's my question to you. We're going to move from Old Testament to current time. What kind of tone are you setting? Just very practically. You're people of influence. You have influence in the classroom. You have influence uh, at home. You have influence in the neighborhood. You have influence in the community. You have influence at work. You're leaders. What kind of tone are you setting? What kind of tone are you setting with your friends? What kind of tone are you setting? 
Could it be that the tone that you are setting is blocking the blessing of God from coming on your life? Think about that. Could it be that the tone in which you are living your life, that you are uh, making decisions, that tone, is? could that be blocking the blessings of God in your life? God sent Elijah to go to King Ahab to encourage him to change his ways, but Ahab ignored him. And the conflict came to a boiling point, a tipping point. And Elijah went to him and said, look, Enough of this. These people have lived under this curse and this drought long enough. We're going to meet and we're going to figure this thing out. So Elijah called Ahab uh, to come to Mount Carmel. But he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring your 450 prophets of Baal. And I want you to bring 400, your 400 prophets of Asherah. I want you to bring all of them up there on the mountains. We're going to establish two different altars. We're going to put bulls on each altar. And here's what we know. The God that answers our prayer with fire, that's the God that we're going to serve. Okay? We're going to do this. And so they did that. They called him up there. And at this point, the odds were stacked in a, against Elijah. You've got 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. That's 850 to 1. 850 to 1. The odds were against him. Maybe some of you feel like that. You feel like that the odds are against you. That you've been placed in a situation and that everybody has already spoken over you. They have already spoken that you are going down, that you don't belong here. You don't deserve this. Uh, you're not smart enough, pretty enough, good enough. You'll never make it. So they have been speaking this over you um, for, for days, months, or even years. And you feel like everybody's against you. Well, that's the scene. Elijah stood up. And so Ahab sent word to throughout Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And Elijah went before the people. All these people there, these 850, plus all the other people that were watching the battle unfold. And he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, I want you to follow him. But if Baal is God, I want you to follow him. So they built these two altars and they said, the God that answers with fire, the duel began in the morning. Ahab's group, they started crying out to their pagan gods early in the morning, early in the morning, but nothing happened. Midday rolls around, nothing happened. Early afternoon happened. In verse 29, we see that there's no response. No one answered and no one paid attention. Toward the end of the day, Elijah stepped up to the altar and he filled four large jars with water and he poured it on the, his altar, the, on the bull. He did it again a second time. He did it a, a third time. So 12 large jars of water soaking that. Then he prayed a simple prayer. He prayed a simple prayer. And fire came down from above and burned up the sacrifice and licked up the water. In verse 39, it says, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate uh, and cried out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. As a result of this prayer, God pushed back the darkness. He pushed back the darkness. 
The people fell on their faces. They cried out to the Lord. And the negative influences over their lives were broken. The curse was broken. The drought was over. Now we're talking about the blessings of God. We know that God uses the blessings of seed and harvest and rain to move us, uh, to teach us about the concepts of his blessing, the, the concept of seed, harv- uh, rain, and harvest. So all this has happened. The dust is now settled. People are amazed. And then Elijah said to Ahab, I want you to go and drink, for there is a sound of a heavy rain. Now you've got to understand, it had not rained for three and a half years. I love the King James Version of this. It says, uh, go and eat... Eat and drink, for there is the sound of what? The abundance of rain. Now, that's the word that we talked about earlier. The sound of the abundance of rain. Now, Elijah did not see it. He didn't see the rain, but he heard it. He didn't see the rain coming, but he heard the rain was coming. Now, we're talking about faith here. And in the New Testament, it tells us, so then faith comes by what? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Elijah did not see the rain coming, but he heard it. He heard it. He said, there's a sound of the abundance of rain. But when he heard it, there was not a cloud in the sky. There was no sign of rain, but he chose to believe it in his spirit in spite of what he saw. Here's the lesson for us today. I want you to believe what you hear from God in spite of what you see around you. I want you to believe what you hear from God in spite of what you see around you. With his eyes, he saw drought and famine and barrenness. But in his heart, he heard the abundance of rain. This is what faith is all about. You've got to believe what you hear in your heart. When you, in spite of what you see that's all around you. In fact, everything around you says otherwise. It's opposite. But you know down deep inside that you've heard God say, there's a rain coming. There's a harvest coming. There's the abundance of rain. And we learn that we walk by faith and not by sight. You may hear abundance, but look around and see lack. You may hear health, but look around and see sickness. You may hear rain, but you look around and hear drought and see drought. I'm sure Ahab at this point was thinking, man, Elijah, that heat must have gotten to you because you're saying there's a sound of the abundance of rain, the heavy rain, and I don't see a thing. Here's the point. It is so easy to talk yourself out of what God wants to do in your life. God is saying there's going to be an abundance of favor that there's going to be an abundance of blessing in your life, that the drought in your life is coming to the end and you're going to see new opportunities and you're going to see new growth. You're going to see restoration. You're going to see healing. I want you to start declaring in your life that the rain is coming, that now is the time, that this is my year to bloom, that this is my year to blossom, this is my year to flourish, that this is my time of new growth. 
Elijah went up on Mount Carmel. And he told his assistant, he said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the other side of the mountain. And I want you to tell me if you see any sign of rain coming. He is putting actions behind his faith. Elijah expected it to change. But here's what happened. That, That assistant came back. That servant came back and said, hey... There's nothing. There's not a cloud in the sky, Elijah. It's not going to rain. I'm sorry to tell you that. There's not a cloud in the sky. The Bible says Elijah put his head between his knees. And I would imagine he is praying, God, let him see what I see. And he sent that servant back. And once again, he came back and said, I don't see anything. And I tell you, at this point, most of us would say, well, maybe we heard God wrong. Maybe we heard God wrong. Maybe I didn't really understand this. Because I thought there should be clouds by now. There should be something happening by now. But nothing happened. And this went on for six times. If you are going to have the abundance of rain in your life, you cannot, I say cannot, allow good people to uh, talk you out of what God wants to do in your life. This servant was a good person, but he just couldn't see what Elijah saw. Don't let words of doubt and discouragement take root. Oh, how many times have we heard things like that? Do you really think you're going to get well? I mean, my granddaddy died of the same thing. Or do you really think you're going to get that job? You're not qualified for this. Or do you really think this is going to happen? This will never happen. It never, it didn't happen for your brother or your sister or your parents. What makes you think it's going to happen for you? And so we hear these words, these negative words spoken over us. And these negative words speak into our, our, our spirits. And they're trying to convince us that God is not going to bless us. That God's going to bless other people. You look down your row. God will bless this person and that person. But he's not going to bless me. And we talk ourselves out of what God wants to do. God is saying there's an abundance of rain coming. There's an abundance of rain. That the drought is coming to an end. What you hear in your spirit is more powerful than any of the negative words that have been spoken over you. Let me say that again. What you hear in your spirit, the word of God, it is more powerful than all of those year after year after year of those negative words telling you that you can't or you won't or it will never happen. God's word is more powerful than that. Amen. I think if you'll listen closely, you'll hear the abundance of rain. God doesn't want you to stay right where you are. I believe that he has a life of blessing for you. But I just want you to get in agreement with him. You got to receive his word and say, yes, God, this is my word. This is for me today. I receive this word. That your blessing is going to be upon me. I receive that it's going to be upon my family. I've got a prodigal. And I, am, I see that prodigal coming home. Receive this word. Receive your restoration. Receive your healing. 
I know you've lost. I know you're in a season of grieving. And I know you're depressed. But I tell you, I hear the sounds of new beginning. I hear the sounds of new hope. I hear the sounds of a new life. And I would say to you, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't look back at your past because God is doing a new thing in you. And now it is springing up. It is his spirit coming alive in your life. And you have a future to look forward to. Hallelujah. The curse is broken over your life. I hear the sound of dreams coming to pass. I hear the sounds of marriages being put back together. I hear the sounds of a baby's cry. I hear the sounds of new opportunity. It's the sound of the abundance of rain. On the seventh time that Elijah's servant came back to him, he said, Elijah, something different happened this time. Now, I saw the, a cloud, but it was a small cloud. About the size of a man said, then don't get too excited. I mean, I don't think anything's going to develop. Don't get your hopes up. It's just about the size of a man's hand. Here's what I want you to know about God. He will take something that is very small and he will turn it into something that is very big. God will take something that is very small and he will turn it into something that is very big. God doesn't need the whole sky filled with clouds. All he needs is just a little cloud, just one about the size of a man's hand. And most people say, oh, that ain't nothing. It's just insignificant. It's just a little cloud. But let me say, God can bring downpours out of little clouds. What am I saying is that you don't need a bunch of people behind you. You just need the right person behind you. Amen. You don't have to be the most powerful. You don't have to be the most influential. God took a little teenage girl named Esther and he saved Israel. God took a a donkey and he spoke to the prophet. God took a little shepherd boy named David in five stones and he defeated Goliath. God took a, a, a baby that was born in a manger and he saved the world. Don't discount the small things. Don't discount the little cloud. God can take something small and he can make something great out of it. The seventh time the servant reported, he said, a cloud about as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Elijah said, oh, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, The sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose and what a heavy rain started falling. A heavy rain started falling. The abundance of rain. Two weeks ago, that person sat in my office and said, I have a word for you. You've been talking about the second harvest is coming, but the Lord would say to you, the harvest is now. When I heard that, I heard the sound of the abundance of rain. When I heard that word, I heard the now sound of heavy rain coming. I'm telling you, the time is now. Can you hear the rain? Can you hear the rain? The Lord is saying to you, your drought is over. The Lord is saying to you, the rain has come. Many of you have been in a drought. You've been in a dry season. 
in your life. You have everything that you have ever wanted, but something is so empty on the inside. Your soul is dry. You've lost the touch of God in your life. You've been backslidden far too long. And God is saying, there's a cloud. There's a cloud. It's, oh, it's a small one. It's about the size of a man's hand. Oh, it's a cloud. The cloud's coming. And you're going to say, yes, I see the cloud. I want to receive the rain. Or you can say, like the servant, well, I don't think it'll be much. And you can talk yourself out of what God wants to do in your life today. So what are you going to do? I hear the sound. Can you hear it? Are you ready? Are you ready for the rain? Are you ready to receive the rain? Are you ready to receive the touch of God in your life? I would say throw open your heart and say, God, let it rain on me. God, let your presence and let your power change me from the inside out. Don't let me leave here like I came, but let me walk out of here with a new strength and a new power and a new anointing. Let me walk out of here with a new confidence. And yes, I can do this because I am not walking by myself. I am walking in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the rain? Are you ready to receive the rain? God is here today. And some of you, you've come in, come in here week after week and you've just been watching the show. And I appreciate that. I do. I want you to come back next week. But here's what can be different today. I believe that t- today is your day of salvation. Today is your day that your life can be changed. Today is that day. All you have to do is say, God, I give you my life. Take me, help me, fill me. I'm going to pray that that happens today. Some of you, you've been walking in the drought and the dryness of your soul way too long. The Bible says weeping may endure for the night. Yeah, it's a time of grieving. But let me say this. Weeping may endure for the night, but today is a new day. Because it says joy comes in the morning. Today is your day of joy. I want you to receive that joy today. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this audience today. I pray over those watching online. Those in our video venue. I pray that they sense your presence. The very presence that we feel in this room. God, move in this place. And to those that have never made a decision to follow Christ, I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, help me. Say, Jesus, save me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. I give you my life. And Father, I pray not only on those who are making that decision today, but I am praying for this congregation. I'm praying that you would allow the rain to come the abundance of rain and let it move in us and over us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.